0: This is another digital citizen. That's why the is 16, 5 5 0 5. 4 4 4
1: Welcome, citizen.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this flying episode of another digital citizen. Why do I say it's a flying episode? We will talk about it very, very shortly. Hello, Luke. Hi, Froh, hi, everybody. Why do I say it's a flying episode? Uh, You know why it's a flying episode. We've got a lot of things to talk about as
1: far as flying objects, I suppose. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> All There's the way through the whole flying.
2: show. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of flying through the show. <laughs> this this show will fly by. I hope uh, so. Do, do you have any more puns that we can use? Uh, um,
1: I got nothing. I, I Yeah, I got no puns. This show will be out of this world. Hey. Uh, That's a good one. To be a fly on the wall of my my room, watching us do the that is terrible. That's not. Nah, it's not even a pun.
2: <laughs> so look, you have a soda in your hand, and it is fifty fucking flavors in it. That's right. A new Mountain Dew came out,
1: so we're. If you haven't heard us do a soda review in a while, this is because there hasn't been a lot of new sodas, but this is brand new. We did the Mountain Dew that was for 4th of July last year. What was that called? Dew S.A. Dew S.A., yes. This is called Liberty Brew. 50 Mm -hmm. flavors in one Mountain Dew. Uh, Limited edition is what it's telling me. Uh, It doesn't actually say what the 50 flavors are, but they're 50 flavors apparently.
2: (laughs) I, I I am, of course, going to ask you to name all 50 flavors when you taste this, so be, be aware of that. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is a very blue <laughs>
1: color. It's like bluer than a dark blue Gatorade. It's uh, right. the soda itself. It's a clear bottle, but very blue in color. So let's open this
2: up. A lot of carbonation right away. Uh, uh, less? Does, uh, seems like.
1: Sta- well, at least from what I can tell, it looks like standard like, Mountain Dew carbonation. I'm smelling it. it. Smell. Oh no. What does it smell like? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. It smells like cough What syrup. does it smell like? It smells really? like robotussum. Yeah. <laughs> Eee, that does not what? smell good at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what, what,
2: what would you rate it before you test
1: it? Well, I've had Robitussin in the past, and I was never really a fan, so maybe a two on smell here. That's, uh, that's not a okay. good smell. I don't think they expect you to smell it. Maybe it's the 50 flavors combining into one smell.
2: Alright, let right, let's, mm-hmm. I'm going to pour it into a glass. That is the sound of Luke pouring something into the glass, listeners. If you've never been on this podcast before, we wish you a welcome. Please remember to share this podcast. If you like what we talk about with some of your friends, put it on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever uh, thing you have. Please share us with somebody else so we can grow and start... Uh, not paying for the bills that comes up every month. Because if you think it's free making a podcast, it's not really free, and we never ask you for money, but we ask you for uh, a little share. Tell somebody about this podcast.
1: Okay, I'm tasting it here, and I'm not getting 50 flavors at all. Okay. Um, Okay. mm. (sighs) Mmm... It's got a very f- familiar flavor. Kind of like a... Uh, you know what an icy pop is, bro? I don't know if they have those in yes. way. Yes. Like a blue icy like. pop? Like, it's not very yeah. sweet, actually. It's very low on the sugar sugar content.
2: What would you say that... Uh, if you had to say, like, a fruit, it reminds you of... Mm,
1: not really any kind of... Real fruit, but maybe like blue raspberry flavor. You know what I mean? Right. Right. A blue raspberry snow cone. I, snow right. cone is. I'm getting snow cone flavoring. Is Especially it if you were to go to the f- it... fair and you were asked, "Have you ever had yeah. a snow cone where they do the rainbow flavor and they do all the flavors yes, on the yes, snow yes. cone?" That's that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's the rainbow snow hmm. cone. That's what the flavor is. I just figured it out. So there's no distinguished taste, is there? As far as a certain flavor out of the 50 flavors, no. Not really. Right. I mean, actually, I do get a little, like, like I said, a blue raspberry flavor and maybe a little pineapple-y flavor happening, believe it or not. Um, okay. Maybe a little raspberry. Uh, let me take another drink. Is it's kind arm- of... Yeah, is the aftertaste long or short, would you say? No aftertaste. It completely no aftertaste dissipates. At all. Yeah, it completely dissipates really? once you swallow it. There's nothing huh. uh, after you swallow it. It's got an initial sweetness, but right after you, the initial sweetness, it totally goes away. Um, I would definitely not buy this again. I'll continue drinking it through the show. Um... Oh, and in that drink, I kind of got some Baja Blast flavor, Mountain Dew. Mm. Yeah, okay. you know, um, it, it's just each drink kind of get you get a different little flavor blast if you're kind of looking for a different flavor. I guess that it does kind of have that sensation to it. That's interesting.
2: So, every time you take a sip, it tastes something different? Is it like we live? Well, no, only uh, once I
1: started looking for flavors, then I could do it. But when I was just drinking it, it all tasted like one thing. That one kind of tasted like blueberry. Because, like, each time you you can kind of get a different note a little bit, but... uh, I don't know, I'll give this a... A four. The smell really hurts it. That's low. Yeah. Um... The How real does problem it smell is I'd nev-
2: in the in the glass, though. Does it still smell like the rubbing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it still tells, smells like cough syrup. Yep. Yeah, I can try it out of the bottle and see if it tastes any different out of the bottle. It. Nope, the same. Tastes like <laughs> oh, that that sip tastes a little like bubble gum. That's weird.
2: Hmm.
1: <sighs> Yeah, the flavor is a lot better than the smell, so don't smell it if you're going to get it. But yeah, <laughs> give it maybe four, four and a half. It's not as good as uh, Do SA even uh, if I'm going to compare it yeah. to that. And Baja Blast is like way, way, up, like way above this. So as far as Mountain Dew products, I'd go Baja Blast if you're going to go get something in a 20 ounce bottle over this. So hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah, because this is a 20 ounce bottle. Uh, you got one bottle only,
1: I hope? Yes, I did.
2: Yeah. I don't know I don't know if
1: they were even selling this in twelve packs. I didn't see them anywhere at least, so. Do
2: you know approximately how much you paid for it?
1: It was like two bucks, plus tax. So like whatever, so like okay. whatever, two ten. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean I'll finish it during the show. It's not bad enough that I don't want to drink the whole thing. Uh it's just not something I would buy again. If that makes sense, it's it, for the mm. novelty of it. I can understand it, but it's not something they're ever going to bring back uh, year round. It's not. It's not good enough, and that smell is a real. That's a. That's a turn off for me from the soda. <laughs> Actually, when I was at the store buying the soda, there was a lady. I think I bought a burger. I don't remember even where. I bought a burger, and I'm eating it in my car before I went into the store, Fro, You know what I mean? Because so, if you go into the mm-hmm. grocery store and you're hungry, I always buy all this just random bullshit I don't need. Do you think? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'm eating a burger, and there's this lady. She has her cart. She unloads her cart into her car right in front of me, and she takes the cart, and she just puts it in front of her car, and she sees me. And I'm like, is she going to put her cart away in, in the cart return? She looks me right dead in the eye, and she just walks away. <laughs> this lady was like, I don't give a crap if you know that I'm doing this. Like, She almost relished in me watching her just leave the cart there, and I was like, what a jerk.
2: So I want to say hi to all our Swedish listeners. Um, I am very, very, very happy that you lost uh, the twenty. 26 bid for the Winter Olympics, you fucking Swedes. Um, <laughs> we talked about this. Norway hates Sweden. Uh, right. I, I, I just wanted to say I didn't know about the Olympics, that... though.
1: Sorry? I had no idea that they lost the Olympic bid. That's news to me. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. They uh, they lost it uh, against uh, Italy. Okay. Italy won. Uh, they're going to have it in Malil- uh, Milan, uh, and uh, I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Milan Cortina uh, over Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah, so that was the two countries that was left in the running, and Italy won.
1: Interesting. I mean. And- if I was an athlete, I'd probably want to go to Italy more than I'd want to go to Sweden, but I don't know. I could be wrong there.
2: Now you're 100% correct because Sweden is a terrible place, look.
1: <laughs> I, when I think of, like, fabulous van, va- vacation places, Italy is higher on yeah. the list than Sweden. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say Sweden's terrible like Fro is, but...
2: Mm-hmm. We have had the best tournament, the best country to vacation tournament. We should do the worst country to oh,
1: yeah. go into tournament. The Sudan would probably win, or like. <laughs> Sudan, yes. That's up there. Uh, Iran is up there. Right now, yeah, for sure. Mm
2: hmm. hmm. Speaking
0: of I, I'm Iran. Sure
2: I'm uh, uh, Yeah. That was the the transition I was going to do. Talking about Iran, yes, I'm I'm very happy that Trump can think for five minutes before he does something. I'm I'm amazed by Trump this week.
1: Yes, we'll get into it and in what uh, I think of it. But let's start with the first part of this before we get you're kind of going to the second part of it. Yeah, uh, Iran, uh, Iran, um blew up a. What do you call it? A, a military drone. A drone. Uh, yeah. Downing of a U.S. military drone and I ran th- on Iran by, on early Thursday, uh, the attack, w- He uh, Trump said erroneously, he said it happened Monday. Uh, Iran mm-hmm. claimed the drone was over his territory. The Pentagon says it was flying over international waters in the Straits of Hormuz. So, uh,
2: so one, what, what day was this again? Thursday. It happened on a... Mm. Iran,
1: it happened on a Thursday. That's right. Uh, mm. This is after we covered the two oil tankers, the Japanese and the Norwegian oil tanker, and then a month before that, even more oil tankers were attacked. So there is a... there. There's still not a consensus as to where this drone was. The U.S. is saying it was in one place. The Iranians are saying it was, it was completely in another place. Uh...
2: You know who I believe? None of them. <laughs> is and, that okay? <laughs> so we were,
1: I guess, Thursday, uh, going into Friday. We were all looking at it, going, uh, "Are is there going to be some kind of uh, attack on Iran or retaliation from the U.S. for this?" And Trump said. Uh, they were cocked and loaded for Iran strike, but uh, they called it off at the last minute is what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm.
2: Trump because threatened. He, oh, go ahead. He, yeah, he he, he tweeted, uh, we were cocked and loaded to relate last night three different sites when I asked how many will die. 150 uh, people, sir. Was the answer from the general? Ten minutes before the st- strike, I stopped it, uh, not pronouncing to shoot down unmanned drone. Right. And uh, he continues that uh, I'm not in a hurry. Our military is rebuilt, new, and ready to go. By far the best in the world. <laughs> uh, sanctions are uh, uh, biting and more uh, added last night. Iran can never have the nuclear weapons, not against USA, not against the world. And actually,
1: in response to that, on Face the Nation, Bernie Sanders came out and said, or he was asked, I guess, was the president's decision to this week to call off the strike a right, the right one? Bernie Sanders responded, eh, see, it's like somebody setting a fire in a uh, basket full of paper and then putting it out. He helped create the crisis, and then he stopped the attacks. The idea that we're looking at the <laughs> president of the United States, who, number one, thinks war with Iran is it might be good for this country. Uh, and then he says, oh, just a limited strike. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, talking about how uh, Brennan had said, or no, Trump had said it would just be a limited strike of those three places you were talking mm-hmm. about, Fro. Uh, Sanders says, oh, just a limited strike? Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. I just didn't know it was okay to simply attack another country with bombs, just a limited strike. That's still an act of warfare. Mm. And I would argue that the sanctions we're putting on Iran right now are already an act of warfare. I mean, we're killing people using sanctions.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like I had this talk this week before for some strange reason.
1: But well, uh, this yeah. is the biggest news of the week, so of course you're gonna have it. Yeah. Uh, but we did have this conversation with a Trump supporter earlier this mm-hmm. week, and we definitely disagreed on things. But I feel like some things were uh, talked about that got through to the, the said Trump supporter. I don't know though; we'll see. Uh, but then on Tuesday, President Trump came back out. So this was after we had the discussion with that person, fro. Uh, mm-hmm. Donald Trump on Tuesday threatened to attack Iran in retaliation for any strikes on anything american after he's after the new u.s sanctions precluded any diplomacy and called white house actions mentally the r bad r word so the iranians called trump mentally the bad r word from that's not very good of them either uh This is from Trump. Iran very ignorant and insulting statement put out today only shows that they do not understand reality. Any attack by Iran on America will be met with great and overwhelming force. In some areas, overwhelming meaning obliteration. Uh, yeah. And then he came out today saying that if they attack anything American, they will no longer exist. And that Uh, War with Iran would take less than a day, I think is the thing I saw him say, which sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, because they would totally give up. That's uh, what they are very known for in the Middle Eastern countries, is giving up right away.
1: I I think he's suggesting that we probably hit him with a nuke and just blow the entire country into a glass Desert, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny that he says that that it's gonna the, the war would be over in a day. And in his statement, he says that the Iranians don't understand reality. Hmm. Sounds like you guys have the same problem. <laughs> uh, funny
2: enough, this uh, Trump supporter that we talked about, uh, he didn't want any military, uh, like American troops, down there. I will. I was very happy
1: to hear that. Well, yeah, I've told you that um, in the past. Trump's a, yeah. people who voted for Trump voted for Trump because he said he was anti-interventionist. He said he wanted to bring in right. all of his campaign speeches. He said he was, wanted to bring uh, the troops back. I mean, of course, he's sending more troops there right now. He just last week sent a thousand more troops to the Middle East, and you know, so he's not doing what he was gonna what he said he was gonna do. But the people who did vote for him, they are anti-war, which is more you than you yeah. can say for some of the uh, corporate Democrats. The Democrats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say some Trump supporters are definitely more anti-war than Joe Biden or a Nancy Pelosi or something like that. Oh, that's something. But I did ask that same person, if Trump did go to war with Iran, would that be a red line for mm-hmm. you that would cause you to not support Trump anymore?
2: And he didn't want to respond to right. that question. He, it was that's basically...
1: Right oh, well, it depends on the situation, like, this or that, what happened beforehand, and it's like, you're either for war or against war, right? So, right. yeah, this it, it was a little wishy-washy. Uh, more supporting Trump than anti-war, maybe, is what the way I would put it? Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: But then again, uh, we also found the only person in the entire fucking world that has never heard about the Me movement. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this person,
1: I, I thought they were trolling us when they first yeah. said it. Uh, yep.
2: Because we were,
1: I don't I even remember how it and, came up.
2: I was 110% sure he was trolling us, to be honest. Because, uh, it, yeah, it, we were talking, I think it was something like, I, I said, uh, yeah, they were another uh, part of the me, like it was taken down because of the Me Too movement or something like that. And he goes, what's the Me Too movement? And I started laughing because I thought he was joking. (laughs) Right. We were talking about
1: wrestling or something, talking about maybe the women's match or something like that, and we mentioned the Me Too movement, he goes, what's that? And we just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then we try to start to explain (laughs) it to him and realize, this person has never heard of the Me Too movement. We're just like, are you you living under a rock? How have you not heard about this? (laughs) And it turned out they never it, it, heard it.
2: Maybe it was a part of a cult.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what you thought.
2: <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and it turned out, sorry.
1: Uh, say you, what? You were
2: in the middle of some... Oh. You were
1: in the middle of this... Uh, right, well, it turned out, and it afterwards, dies. we it's like five minutes into trying to explain what the Me Too movement was, that we realized he's not really just trolling us. He actually has no idea what this is. I. It was like mm-hmm. finding a diamond in the rough, you know? It's like you, <laughs> the million and one person who doesn't know what the Me Too movement is. There's like right. dying children in Africa who know what the Me Too movement is.
2: Right. Yeah, I... I loved it when you you said it, uh, you said it during the, the conversation. I wish <laughs> I kind of wish I was you sometimes. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, that made me fucking laugh. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, we will talk about that taping a little later. Will we? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, not much to talk well, about, really. Talk, <laughs> that's not much to talk about, but uh, we'll talk somewhat about it. But uh, anyway, uh, talking about Bernie Sanders, he also said something else this week. That's
1: right. You want to go into this or should I? Sure, call him on. Bernie Sanders plans to cancel all $1.6 trillion of U.S. St- student debt. Uh, the Democratic <laughs> presidential nominee... Has unveiled a plan to forgive all U.S. student uh, loans, freeing around 400 and f- oh, 45 million Americans from debt. Uh, the proposal would see 1.6 trillion or 1.2 trillion pounds uh, paid off through a new tax on Wall Street. Uh, we will make a full, full and complete education to. Hu- uh, uh, we will make full and complete education a human right. Uh, he told reporters on Monday, 20 Democratic candidates uh, will be in the debates actually today. Uh, in the crowded fear field, Mr. Sanders is currently running just behind Joe Biden in a marathon race to become the party's standard bearer. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Biden in a minute, but <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sanders proposed legislation, is uh, his legislation is co-sponsored by congresswoman. Pramalia, J- Jepal, and Ilhan Omar. We know who Ilhan Omar is. Is the most ambitious student loan policy in the White House race so far. So there you go. Uh, I've seen, like, I saw on, you know, what what Bloomberg is, bro? Like, the newspaper? Yes. Well, it's a Wall Street financial kind of a newspaper. They did an article on this saying this is going to hurt uh, investors. That investors are going to be hurt by this because it's going to take money out of Wall Street it's like,
2: yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, we had another digital citizen uh, support Bernie Sanders and his race against the 2020 election. I need to say that sometimes so people remember that we are Bernie Sanders reporters.
1: Supporters. You said reporters. Support.
2: <laughs> well, we are both. We are kind of a little of both, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Speak- not like... Uh, uh, someone was asking me, like, "Well, what is it that I don't like about Bernie Sanders? And I saw, said right away, his age. If I, if, I, if I could use anything against him, I think he's a little old. Uh, does that mean that I think he would be a terrible president? No. But it means that I still am aware of his age, and he should run with somebody that is much younger than him. Uh, I have a view on who that is, but... Well, I mean, not ever, everybody's woman. perfect. I would have liked to seen him come
1: out on Venezuela earlier than he did. He did right. end up... Con- I yep. would still like to see him come and say something about Julian Assange, because I haven't seen him come out and say anything about that. But I do understand but, that that could be... in his, In this time of campaigning, it's a very divisive issue, so maybe he doesn't want to bring it up because he's currently in a campaign, so. But I still would like. To, do they, do, I would have
2: liked to have seen something. Yeah. I totally agree. There, there are things about Bernie Sanders where where I go like. <laughs>
1: well, no candidate's going to uh, be perfect, right? I mean, no person uh, is going to be perfect, but some people are less perfect than others. Like one, yes, Joe Biden,
2: as far as uh, campaigning goes. I love him. Yeah, because. Now, I want to talk about something because he is one mother. F- f- <clears throat> uh, Biden uh, is not wanting to apologize for his uh, marks on uh, segregation. Senate. Uh, so, uh, Joe Biden refused uh, calls to apologize Wednesday for saying uh, that the Senate got uh, things done with civility. Even when the body included uh, segregationists, the former uh, vice president was partly defiant in in rejecting criticism from Senator uh, Cory Booker, uh, one of two black uh, candidates uh, seeking the Democratic nomination. The New Jersey Democrat uh, had called Biden to apologize for his comments. By Wednesday night, Biden said that it was Booker that should apologize because the senator should <laughs> know it better than to question his comments to civil rights. And uh, I can hear that your Chinchilla totally agrees. Yeah,
1: he does. Uh, yeah. Apparently, on not on Joe Biden's side. Um, the firestorm quickly became became an intense dispute of the Democrat. Uh, presidential primaries, of course, right. But this is all happening right before the debates, so I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's going to come up mm-hmm. in the debates tonight, or I guess it would be tomorrow night, is when the Biden one is tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But he, this is what Biden said of the two men. Uh, we didn't agree on much of anything. Uh, Biden described Talmadge as one of the meanest guys I ever knew, and called Eastland, uh, and said Eastland called him son, though not boy, in a reference. To racist uh, way many whites address black men at the time. So he's saying right. he didn't call me boy. It's like, yeah, because you're white. <laughs> Is this I, I, I have a weird there's like some kind of weird uh, dog whistling kind of like Trump does but from Biden here.
2: Don't you think? Uh, it's, so, it's so sad. It's so sad to see this and i i, I saw Car- Carmella carmela ha- harris uh, was out giving her statement as well and it's like I, it makes me so uh, sad that he's this incredibly blind of what he's doing he's yeah, just living like, he's, he's been he's, living
1: in in a bubble for so long that he doesn't under go and look up the he did an interview with um Somebody on N- N- NBC talk- talking about this, and he keeps, like, touching the guy's leg. He, like, leans in and, like, grabs him and squeezes his leg and, like, grabs his arm and touches him. He's still, like, the most touchy-feely. Like, it was another guy. And I felt, like, awkward watching it on on the news because it was like, stop touching him, Joe! Stop it! Stop grabbing his leg! He's, like, grabbing him on the thigh, like, up near, like, the top of the thigh and stuff. I'm like, Jesus! You are just not, like... You may be the greatest, like, guy to hang out with ever. You might be great to get a beer with and go bowling or play mini-golf or whatever, but, like, you are mm-hmm. a bad presidential candidate. You are not good at this. <laughs> you, you're you not tact... You're like, you have no tact. Uh, you clearly are out of the times, or, uh, just completely uh, in a bubble to the point you don't understand the, the politics of today. Uh, if this, these are, I mean, he's made so many mistakes already. I don't understand how he's still a viable candidate in any way against Trump.
2: I'm I'm going to say something very controversial, and I'm going to get a little, a lot of flack for this because I know that Democrats are listening to this. But if Biden becomes uh, the presidential candidate for the Democrats, there is no. Fucking chance they are winning you know, in 2020. Oh, no. and I'm going to say that now, and I'm going to stick by that. Do I see something else? There's 25 people in the field, and he is like the one
1: person who has the worst chance because he screwed up so many times already. <laughs> but he's just there's too much ammo against this guy. I I posted a video on our Facebook, another digital f- uh, citizen on Facebook. If you want to go there, a video from the humanist report i believe it was uh, and it's biden in the 90s uh, speaking on uh, speaking on the senate floor about raves fro and how he wanted to use the crack house law that he inv- he created in the 80s r- crack house laws in the 80s that like put all these black men behind bar for no re- bars for no reason he wanted to use that mm. same law against raves so that what the crack house law did if if you're the promoter of a, of a rave or a whatever a concert and somebody is caught in the venue that you've paid for rented uh, they've got caught selling drugs they were just a, somebody who bought a ticket to your event then the person who's the promoter and the person who owns the building get in trouble that's what crack house law is it was a way to shut down raves in the 90s and they actually did do it that, Joe Biden was all for that stuff. Joe Biden's not even a Democrat. That's the problem a lot of people have with the distinction. like A lot of these people who say they're Democrats aren't Democrats. They're Republicans in,
2: in uh, Democratic clothing. But I know we, we have a lot of Democratic friends that are going to listen to this and, and not agree to us and things like that. Yeah. You are totally, you're totally welcome to do that. But I'm, I'm just warning you, if you vote for Biden, and he becomes the presidential candidate, I, I'm, 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 I'm betting a lot of money uh, on that he will never, ever win against Trump. Because Trump has one very, very thing about him that nobody can uh, take away from him, and that is that he doesn't play fair, he plays dirty, And he knows where to attack Joe Biden. And there's
1: so much, so many skeletons in Joe Biden's closet that Trump can bring out and just parade around. That it's, yeah. The only thing with Bernie Sanders he's going to have is socialism. Scary socialism. (laughs) It's terrifying. Like, what else is there besides that? He can't attack him on age. Like you said uh, about the age thing. Trump can't attack him on that because he's the same, practically the same age. (laughs)
2: Yeah uh, Okay, from wanting to uh, definitely something else, uh, it was uh, a little firm uh, called Nosh Kidron that was under the attack this week, and uh, it was a attack because uh, some malicious hackers uh, disabled uh, uh, their business and demanded a ransom. So, uh, they got into the computer systems of Noshkidru, um and they are global aluminum. Uh, aluminum. Trying to say that in, when you're Norwegian is very hard. How do you say Well, it? it's aluminum or aluminum, depending on where you live.
1: Aluminium.
2: Aluminium. I, I find that easier to say. Aluminium. Uh, we don't know uh, when it was. But it was uh, likely uh, uh, once uh, inside spent weeks exploring the IT systems, robbing for more weaknesses. Chief Information uh, Officer Joe D. Vager reopens the ransom note and it appears on the computer all over the comp- uh, company. It's red. Uh, Your files has been uh, encrypted with the strongest military algorithms uh, without our special decoder It is impossible to restore the data This is awful so uh, the entire uh, workforce 35,000 people people 35,000 people had to resort to pen and paper. And uh, production lines shaping uh, molten metal were switched to manual uh, factions. In some uh, long cases, retired workers came back to help colleagues run things the old-fashioned way. Uh, And in many of the cases, production lines simply had to fucking stop.
1: It says... Uh, uh... Uh, Where does it say it? Oh, here it is. 22,000 computers were hit across 170 different sites in 40 different countries. So this is a massive attack. Uh, And they says that law enforcement says this is the gold standard uh, of information industry security. Not only did they refuse to pay the hackers, but they also... they've also been completely open and transparent with the outside world about what is happening to them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, I saw another thing here in America that is exact opposite. Florida City pays $600,000 to a hacker who seized its computer systems. (laughs) So here in America, they they actually paid the ransom. And it looks like they did get... uh, They did get their access to their computers. Which, I mean, the, the whole thing is like... If you pay them, what it what is that? What it that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to unlock the computer. They could just then no. extort you for more money. Right.
2: Yeah. And uh, I I mean I am very proud of Noskydro, Uh That's a Norwegian uh, company, and that they have uh, used forty five million pounds on recovering <sighs> uh, this instead of paying one sim uh, single cent to. The people that are trying to get their money, I'm very proud of them, of how they have been open about this and, and, and have not given any, into any demands.
1: Right. Uh, you think taxis are made out of aluminum, pro? I think so, yeah. Well, I think they'd have to be made out of something light metal if you were going to make flying taxis, because it couldn't be like yeah. a steel flying taxi. And it's funny enough. Also, Olympic news. Apparently, flying taxis could take off in Paris for the twenty twenty or the twenty twenty four Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flying taxis could be part of Paris public transport network in the next five years. The plane maker Airbus, uh, oh, Airbus has teamed up with France's transport operator to explore the vi- viability of electric vehicle takeoff and landing vehicles uh, in time for 2024 olympics uh the t- feasibility study will look at such things as design maintenance uh, urban in- in- integration infrastructure and low altitude air traffic management that low altitude air traffic management that's like when you see uh back to the future 2 and they have all these mm-hmm. floating, like, stop signs and things in the middle of the air. Right. I've always wondered how the hell would you make roads for flying cars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't really work. Um, the They want to make these taxis accessible to as many people as possible. Uh, autonomous flights are no longer uh, reserved for science fiction. We are in the developing, developing technology demonstrators to allow... Populations to connect faster. That was from the CEO of Airbus. So, yeah, they want to do some kind of flying car taxis for uh, the Olympics.
2: I'm I'm uh, very happy to hear this. Yeah. I, I, Why not?
1: I I'm honestly I want to see it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any judgment until I see it because this is still in the development stage. I have a feeling this is nice. not really gonna happen. There's too many kind of like obstacles to get over and i think the whole idea of how do you create laws for uh flying cars you'd have to create a whole new set of traffic laws you know what i mean there's a lot of obstacles that need to be uh, overcome for this to happen in less or less than five years so
2: if this happened in america and the senators of the united states didn't know about it would they call it a ufo you think
1: well, if this happened in America, the oil companies would instantly just have it destroyed because these are electric cars.
2: Um, That's true. But Norway would send all their money into America to destroy the drones.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, if they, if it was somebody yeah. that some kind of like a, it's going to be the Olympics, right? So some guy guy from like a very tiny country who went there to the Olympics to be a runner or something, <laughs> he looks up in the uh, sk- right. sky and he sees these things flying around. That person could definitely yeah. think it was some kind of UFO, or what do they call them now? UAVs, <laughs> I think is what we said. uav That's the yeah. new new term, yeah. Uh,
2: funny, this is the first case we will talk about UFO, and we will talk a lot of UFOs. This this uh this uh episode, episode of another <laughs> show. Yeah, but uh yeah, senators get a classified briefing on UFO sightings. Luke, take me through this.
1: Right. This is a- just after we covered last week Trump getting a briefing on these UFO sightings and not believing it. Uh, three more U.S. senators received a classified Pentagon briefing on Wednesday about a series of reports encountered by the Navy. Uh, with unidentified aircraft. According to congressional and military officials, it's part of a growing number of requests from members of key oversight committees. Uh, One of the senators, the vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, committee, Mark Warner, uh, whose office confirmed the briefing to Politico, says... Oh no! This is his his spoke, spokesman says. Uh, if naval pilots are running into unexplained interference in the air, that's a safety concern. Senator Warren believes we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, the interest in unidentified aerial aerial phenomenon has grown since the re- revelations in late two thousand seventeen. That the Pen- Pentagon has stepped up a program to study the issue. Uh, Senator Harry Reid. It interviewed multiple current and former sailors and aviators who claim to have encountered highly advanced aircraft that appear to defy the laws of aerodynamics when they one, when they intrude on protected military air, airspace some of which were captured on video and made public if we also covered those in the past so yeah this is all about the stories we've covered in the past and now the it's gotten to the level where the where Senate officials are saying, we need, we need to be briefed about this because this
2: is actually becoming kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in uh, Kansas City, uh, no explanation flying objects of Kansas City, locals suspecting aliens flying objects over Kansas City on Thursday, of course it's on Thursday uh, night, uh, sparked uh, interest of locals and for a while had uh, stumped people looking for answers KMBC nine in Kansas City said on Twitter that it had uh, fielded several calls regarding two strange uh, orbs over uh, Kansas City International Airport, and we see a tweet here uh, from KMBC, right? And uh, what do you would you like think this looks like? It looks like a kind of a white dot in the sky
1: Oh, KMBC, right uh not nbc uh for some reason the tweets are not loading up for me i'm not really sure why oh there they go sorry yeah uh definitely just looks like kind of a white dot yeah it doesn't look like anything super spectacular but we do have a video here that's not from a news station this is actually just from some guy's barbecue it looks like (laughs)
2: Yeah, uh, we should uh, watch this, shouldn't we? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, give me countdown. In three, two, one, play. Okay. All right, we're here at Marvin's house. Okay. Okay. I don't see that.
1: I saw yes. one, it's like right, right there. Oh there. can see that oh, yeah, one. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah, the fly-in. is that?
1: Oh, there's the other one. I see it through the clouds. And I think that black thing is like... Uh, a normal flight. But I think it's like a, a military jet, not a... It didn't oh. look like a passenger plane.
2: So it's two very... ...visual... vital. <laughs> He says balloons, yeah. I I, I can see why he thinks it's a balloon. But one of the biggest trouble is that it's so um, visible. Well, it could be really
1: giant, actually. I think that's good enough. We can pause it there. One minute in. Actually, if you read down here, the story continues. Uh, According to DARPA, which we've talked about in the past... Uh, mm-hmm. DARPA launched three balloons from Cumberland, Marin, a, fa- a flight test for the adaptable lighter-than-air program. A few days later, Alto will demonstrate ca- capability for windborne navigation in lighter-than-air vehicles over extended ranges. So they're saying that these were balloons. Uh, that these balloons were some kind of DARPA adaptable light lighter-than-air uh, program test. Yeah. Does this sound familiar, though, Fro? at all? Like any Mm -hmm. kind of other things you've heard in the past? Like back in the day with this whole thing called Roswell, where the first explanation Mm -hmm. was weather balloons, and then they went back on that and said it wasn't weather balloons. Mm -hmm. Because other people, at least what I saw before the DARPA came out, uh, what do do you call it? Uh, Fox, Fox News, came out and said that they thought it was Google And that Google has been working on some kind of program for um, wireless internet uh, for rural Ah. areas using balloons and maybe some Mm -hmm. kind of intense wireless uh, 5G, 4G kind of thing. uh, Yeah, and that's actually
2: true. They have
1: been working on that. But Google came out and said it wasn't them. And then right after that happened, then uh, DARPA came out and said it was them. I don't know. It seems a little strange that... The answer, it's almost a cliché for the answer of what are those UFOs to be, it's weather balloons. It's like such a cliché, it's hard to believe almost. We will talk more about that a little
2: later. (laughs) Hey, uh, do you think you would be the only one that wants to go to war against Iran? Uh I don't know. I mean
1: there's Saudi Arabia and I know Israel doesn't like Iran very much so th- those two countries are probably behind
2: the US. Yeah. But uh Trump is going to tell the truth of US is alone in the war.
0: This is Trump, Trump tells the truth. Well, I think I have to warn you Americans this time because you are soon engaging in a war with Iran. Well, last well, I check he wouldn't go to war, but you can know this shit change every minute. If you think you had the bad time in Afghanistan, and you think Libya was shit, if you think Iraq was a living hell, well, Iran gonna be a little bit more difficult. For the first, you're alone. You managed to, that's the big thing, to piss off every ally you have in Europe. So there are no European nations who want to join the war, never take the risk, because we have to deal a lot with all those refugees who come from that war because of your bullshit. Well, Iran is a mighty country in the Middle East. And when a, a country has nothing left to lose, that's why they put all the power of shit they can. Because this war is going to be a bloody fucking mess, and you're going to be all alone in it. Maybe you're going to wear help from your so-called democratic alliance, uh, alliance there in Saudi Arabia. But you're basically gonna pay for it, and who's gonna pay for it? The American taxpayer. Yes, everyone's gonna pay for it. Republicans, the Democrats, gonna pay for the bullshit. But most of the people who's gonna pay for it is the people who's stupid to who go to the war there. Yeah, I do call some of the troops stupid because you voluntarily go to the army and you voluntarily listen to your president every time he says so. And you make the believe that you're defending your country. You're not. Uh, vocalist Paul Stanley said that he always support the troops because they are keeping the new nation safe. Well, America, have you ever been invaded? The only war you had on your own soil is the civil war. So, I will not say that anything else was. A terror attack is not a war. You have never been invaded in your whole life so what have really your army protected because you have gone to the war overseas that's the fact when you go into war overseas this time Iran you're gonna get stuck there you find that Iraq gonna gonna be like mission accomplished in 2003 but this gonna take a hell of a lot longer and you're gonna pay for more lives more money that means less to health care, left education and leftist failing infrastructure. You're going to be a war nation. War in Iraq, war in Iran, war in Afghanistan and no friends in the rest of the world. Isn't an election next year. I don't think the election will stand between Trump or a good candidate anymore. I think like I will do with any candidate who's not Donald Trump. And so should you. This was Trump. We're not Trump. Tell the truth. Have a nice day.
2: That was uh, Thrun telling the truth. Thank you, Thrun. Hey, I watched some episodes of uh, Mr. Black, look. Okay, how many did you see? I watched 8. So that all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to be uh very brutally honest and also very complimentary. So, first and foremost, I liked the premise of the show. I liked uh, the character of the dad in the show, and I liked the son. I think maybe the daughter is uh, the weaker of uh,
1: those three. Would you agree to that? But I would say she's more of like a secondary character in in the story, kind of.
2: Right. But I felt I felt uh, uh, I felt uh, very uh, away from their relationship, and and that's kind of the premise of the whole thing. Is like uh, uh, we're we're supposed to like uh, like them together. I think lot, you're so... maybe you're missing a little bit of the point because think about the
1: beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Who are the two, two first characters you, you meet? Right, it's it's the dad and and uh, and the and the guy uh, and the guy. Yeah. Right, they're the main character. She is a secondary character yeah, yeah. to it, but she's part of the plot line. So I understand what you mean, but uh, she's not supposed to be a main character. If that's
2: if that's the point. Right. No, but uh, I I'm I'm, I'm 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 I thought this was very 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 funny. And I think my favorite scene all through the show was him playing uh, uh, the music on his scooter and showing him the Bob, L- Bob Dylan lyric thing. I I think that cracked me up so much that I could almost not breathe. That was hugely funny. Mm-hmm. I, give, I give this... Uh, I really liked the last episode. Uh... I like the dynamic he had with his ex-wife uh trying to get his ex-wife back and all the things about that as well right but the acting acting in this from uh from the dad's point is so strong that everybody else comes kind of in in the shadow and that's my only negative thing about it where 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 I feel like the two main characters yes they were. Two main characters, but I I still felt like he was the weaker part of it, the the boy, than oh, than the I would the agree. I
1: think everybody yeah. else is a weaker actor than than the dad in in this show. Right. Uh, and I think the show would never be allowed to be made in America. No, <laughs> just the premise. Of, the premise it, of it alone yeah. would cause like an insane backlash. But it's a funny premise, yeah. you know.
2: And it's very Australian. It's very Australian, and I'm. I was very happy. But it works. It works on a on a very uh, universal line. But I, I will give this whole show. Uh, I will give it a strong 7.5. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about it before,
1: but just to recap so people know what it's about, if this is the first time they're listening, uh, why don't you do a real recap kind of about maybe just the first episode, what what, uh, the build-up is for the show.
2: Right. Uh, uh, So uh, there's a guy that has a girlfriend, uh, and... uh, Uh, they are supposed uh, to have uh, the father-in-law over for a visit, but it starts with him almost uh, driving over him because he sits on a scooter, but he doesn't know that that is the dad, and uh, the dad doesn't know that that is the son-in-law. So the whole thing starts with them like arguing back and forth whose fault it is and him smashing uh, the car with his cane. Uh, and, and when he comes to the house, it, uh, uh, the dad is very overprotecting uh, of his uh, daughter and wants this uh, dude out of his life.
1: Yeah, not only is he overprotective, but they already got off on a bad foot because of, right. like, the incident with the car. And the dad is disabled. He has, I think it was uh, MS, I think is what they said in the show, right? Right. It's some, some kind of bone disease, some something like that. Uh, and that's the part where it would never be allowed to be made in America, is to show a, pers- a person with disabilities in this light. Because he is the biggest jerk <laughs> in the show. <laughs> But that's the whole gimmick is that he's a big yeah. giant jerk because he can get away with it because he's disabled. Because anybody who goes, oh, look at him. He's being a huge jerk gets get called out for calling out the disabled guy. So it's it, it, the comedy is just inherent in the show. I, I really liked
2: And I will say one of the strongest episodes is when they get trapped inside a warehouse. That is maybe one of the most oh, fun right. episodes.
1: And the guy's, the guy's like, there's a button. Uh, right here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but uh, yeah, I gave it seven point five. I think you gave the whole season an, an eight, so we're not that far away from each other.
1: All right. Yeah, everybody, go check out Mister Black, especially if you're in Australia. If not, find it online somewhere.
2: But uh, talking about that, uh, that means that we're doing something new next week. Uh, we are. Going to review a mini-series. It's called The Loudest Voice. What is The Loudest Voice, Luke?
1: Uh, Based on a best-selling book by the same name, TV executive and media consultant Roger Ailes, life continues to be a source of interest to many due to the the lasting effects he has on the media world, primarily focusing on the past decades when Ailes arguably became the Republican Party's de facto leader and defining events in Ale's life, including experiences with world mm-hmm. leaders uh, that helped launch, oh, help launch his political
2: career. There we go. Yeah. It's going to be a political uh,
0: show.
2: And it is uh, with a lot of very, very good actors in it, Look,
1: uh, Yeah, it basically looks like Vice the TV show, right? I mean, <laughs> it let's call the a, spade a spade, a spade, like a spade. right?
2: Yes. It looks very like The uh, Vice, but uh, it has Russell Crowe, Sienna uh, Miller, Seth MacFarlane, Naomi Watts. And it's uh, just seven shows. So, just seven episodes.
1: The trailer looks really, really good. The only thing, that is really the only thing I'm kind of dreading is that it is just going to be... A rehashed Vice, like it's going to be the same story, right. it's going to be the same everything except TV version and that could right. be bad I could I could end up taking some points off of it for that, but we'll see when we get there mm-hmm.
2: Hey, like Luke said, we have an email address, it's called another a digital at gmail.com I'm guessing we haven't got any emails I should probably look, huh that would help to uh, know. looking helps to let you know Come on. That we never get an email. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I can plug our uh, Facebook page. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. And if you find me there, you are fucking amazing because I'm not there. Yeah,
1: no emails. So let's move on to the TV run. I got a little TV news to go into here first. We've talked a little bit about the Netflix uh, Disney uh, acquisition. Uh, uh, oh, no. The... Disney-Netflix kind of uh, battle that's happening right now. With Disney's yeah. new War. Disney thing, and then the accusi-
0: uh,
1: mm-hmm. uh Not the accusation. The buying up of Hulu that's happening as well with Disney and everything. Sorry. To ruin that whole sentence and be a horrible talker. But uh, NBC Universal <laughs> has announced it's paying $500 million to pull Net- The Office off of Netflix. Uh, it they had a deal, of course, with Netflix, and so they have to break the deal. To break it, they're paying Netflix $500 million. Uh, Netflix, uh, NBC Universal's June 25th announcement is pulling office from Netflix. When the deal ends at the start of 2021 is the latest shot across the bow from, uh, for the streaming wars, a signal that the one-time TV hits are a new battlefield as media giants fight to lure viewers to their direct-to-consumer offerings. Disney was first to pull the trigger. Of course, we already talked all about this, but this is just continuation of this whole war between uh, Netflix and Disney. Yep. And I even told... I think I was talking to you about this Sunday, fro, About how mm-hmm. I saw a commercial uh, for uh, a, a cell phone carrier. I don't really want to promote them because they're not a great cell phone carrier, but you, you get this cell phone... Uh, plan. If you get a new plan, they give you Netflix for free with the with the cell phone plan. Uh, I think this is a way that Netflix is trying to maintain subscriber numbers, uh, especially once the mm-hmm. Disney thing happens. Because if you get if your phone plan automatically gives you Netflix, why are you going to go pay for something else if you already have Netflix for free, right? So th- I think this is... Very good question. That is a good move on Netflix's part if they are, are going to continue to do yep. this. Or maybe even... I know, like, cable companies will have deals with apartment um, uh, businesses or apartment management so that they'll give free cable to all these apartments. So you get free cable when you move into your apartment. It increases the cable numbers. This could be the same thing
2: for Netflix. So, interesting stuff. We haven't... The- we have that here in Norway, where I, I live in my apartment. Uh, I don't pay anything for TV; it's included uh, in 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 uh, like when you buy the house or the apartment. The apartment building uh, has it uh, uh, like free. Right. I, I have do- not not paid one single cent for.
1: But the apartment the, the building has to tape. pay to get it for all of that. But they get a special right. yes. like
2: bulk deal
1: through the cable company, yes. and then the cable company gets to keep those numbers up, and the. Uh, yes. Department complex or wherever they get to advertise free cable, so it's win-win for those two businesses. But uh, for Netflix, they're trying. It seems like they're kind of trying to do the same thing using cell phone providers, which is a good idea in my mm-hmm. mind, since so many people use their cell phone as their primary source of media.
2: I totally agree. So, uh, I have watched a uh, ton of TV uh, this week as well. Not only Mr. Black, funny enough, but I will let you go first.
1: Well, I finished Trinkets. Um, I had only watched four episodes last week and you had finished it. It was all right. Um, The middle part, it starts to slow down a little bit. I was not a huge fan of... of, There's a scene in this where... um, It's the episode where they have the birthday party and they have like, oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. it was a very boring, slow episode, that episode. And maybe the one after that, mm-hmm. I have been on that boat, that birthday party, the, that boat, they have the birthday party on. That is a real boat. Uh, the spirit in Portland. I've been on that. I've actually partied on that boat. I got very, very drunk on that boat before. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I was going to mention about the show, about Portland, there's the scene where she's meeting with the, older singer later, which that whole relationship between her and the older singer lady is a little creepy don't you think mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah, yeah.
1: she's got to be 20 years older than her and there's no mention of that like makes... why are you dating a high schooler that's never mentioned in the show right. that seems a little strange to me but there's a scene where they're on the bridge and they're having this deep discussion in the rain you know that fro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nobody in oregon owns an umbrella fro no, p- people in Oregon don't use really? umbrellas. Like, we have a very similar climate to London, and you see those classic shots of, the, the, you know, the middle of London Square, and there's all the umbrellas. You know what I mean? In Oregon, we just put up our, ho- like, hoodie and run through the rain. We don't use umbrellas in Oregon. I don't know. Like, if you see somebody in Oregon with an umbrella, you go, ah, not a real Oregonian.
2: It's it's just how it's, that's how
1: Oregon is. Really? I
2: don't know. Yep. Wow. Um... I watch. Uh, I, I call this show the most generic police show you will ever watch in your entire fucking life. Show. It's called L.A. Finest. Uh, I saw the whole fucking season because why the fuck not? It is with Jessica Alba. Wow. Okay. Gabriel U- y- Yes. Hmm. Gabriel Union from ABCs. Do you remember when we talked about her before? The name, the name is super of, familiar. Yes. Uh, Gabriel Union, the new judge on America's Got Talent. <laughs> sure. That we talked about. Yes. And also from uh, She's All That or whatever that dancing fucking movie was. Uh, bring It On. Yes. And things, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, this is the most generic police show an entire fucking world. Uh, I kind of liked it, uh, but you have to leave your brain aside. Uh, I I like Jessica Alba. She's she's good in this. Uh, Gabrielle Union I don't care about, but Jessica Alba is, is I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial. She's a little underact. Uh, underrated actor, <laughs> but uh, uh, I give this a five
1: point five. So you've never seen the movie Blue Crush,
2: apparently. I ha- I have. Okay. And she's terrible in that. Yes. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, she's so. Al- she's also terrible in the Fantastic Four, by the way.
1: Speaking of Blue Crush, I saw a show called Reef Break this week. Yeah, me too. Uh, Season 1, Episode 1. This is about a surfer lady. That's why I transitioned from that movie. Um, Whoa. What are you doing over there? Uh, Sorry. It's about a lady who was a former professional surfer
2: who... I don't know. she She was also a thief and an undercover FBI agent... Or was she an undercover FBI agent? Or was she a thief? Or was she a surfer? I have no fucking clue.
1: She's definitely a surfer. That's the one thing we do know. The rest of it I'm not really sure right. on. And is she supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy? I'm not really sure. Because I have no the, clue. Towards the end of this, she basically takes a bribe for extortion. And, and is I like... And the other cops are all like, yeah, okay, you took the money. It's like, who is the good guy in the show? I'm not really sure. Uh, she takes an entire house as a payoff. I mean, yep. that's not something the good guy does, right? <laughs> could be wrong yep. here. Um, the acting is horrible. There's one oh. exposi- exposition court scene in this where they're like, oh. you really don't know what's going on. They go in this court scene and the judge explains like the whole plot line to you. It's very bad.
2: Right. Um overall I gave this show a four. Wow, you're nicer than me. I gave it three point five. Okay. Mm. Uh yeah, uh I watched uh Kart Sharks uh, with Joe McHale uh, as a host. Uh, I watched it mostly because Joe McHale is a those. Uh, So, what is this, like, uh, someone gets a giant card of 52 cards, and 10 of them get placed on a kind of spreadsheet uh, in front of them, and they have to go guess uh, if they're going to get higher or lower card in the next round, based on some other, like, trivia questions, like, for example... How many women say they wear no underwear to work uh, and someone says 30% and the other one says, oh, I think it's lower or I think it's higher. And they get to pick pick the higher or lower cards. And that is the premise of the fucking show. That sounds boring. It is boring and I gave it a three. Okay. Let's see. I saw. I also watched
1: Press, Press Your Lock, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to give that a number? Yeah, it's, or... it's,
2: it's the same weekend. Uh, well, it's like it was in the same thing of uh, things because, because first they had Card Sharks, then they had Press Lock the same day. Uh, I will give that even lower. Uh, I will give that. 2. I, I did not not like it. I had never seen the original, but uh, the whole no whammy, no whammy, no whammy thing got very old and very stale in the first episode. I just watched 2. Yeah. Okay, I watched Savage
1: Builds, uh, Season 1, Episode 1 and 2. Did mm-hmm. you see this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's basically Mythbusters without Jamie. I yeah, pretty much. Um... More or less. Without kind of it, it, without the myth, it's just him building something. Uh, The first episode was Iron Man. What was the second episode again? I I'd have to go back.
0: Uh,
1: I don't. don't know. I don't even remember. But the first one was pretty good as far as uh, how it went. I remember the second one feeling a little less less interesting. Yeah, that's why I don't remember the second one. either. I don't either. I'm I'm gonna look it up as I'm talking about it, but. I do feel like this is on par with uh, Mythbusters as far as en- entertainment value goes. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, really?
2: I don't think so at all, to be honest. I think Mythbusters were were much, much better. Uh, I would give Mythbusters a 9 out of 10, maybe. This, I thought, was near a uh, 7 for me.
1: Uh, seven I gave nine. it a 7 as well, so I, I'm not really sure yeah. where we're differing
2: here, because that's a good score. So, Well, uh, I love Mythbusters more than you, I think. If you say you would give Mythbusters a 7, I think you're very wrong.
1: All the seasons
2: together. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I would give oh,
1: yeah. him a seven. The first yeah, no, four I seasons, give... I would give a nine. But those last seasons yeah. were
2: poopy, bro. I don't know. Oh yeah, the <laughs> oh yeah, the two last seasons were awful. Uh, of,
1: um... Yeah, that ruins the uh, that ruins yeah. the average. For the, but if I was to go, yeah, the beginning seasons were amazing for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I I always forget they get rid of the team. For the two last seasons, yeah,
1: it didn't make I any always, sense why they did it yeah. at all either, and they
2: never really yeah. explained why it happened. Yeah, yeah, but those those uh, is is actually a terrible. Yeah, no, I I agree. That takes it down because those two seasons were maybe a five. All right, what else did you see? But yeah, savage Spells. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, what you would you gave it a seven? Is that yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the Maybe. second
1: episode was the Wheel of Death episode. It was like the one where they were making oh, out that's, the that's right the world the rocket propelled super weapon thing. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, what else did I say? I saw Awake. Uh, this is a Netflix original. Um, re- game show. Not game it's game called
1: show. Awake,
2: uh, the Million Dollar Game. Technically. Right. Uh, it has one of the worst hosts in the entire fucking world. Wherever they found him, they need to go there and bury him right away. Because <laughs> that is one awful host.
1: I mean, he's... Uh, uh, was, what was the guy that had the uh, talk show in the 90s? Uh, mm-hmm. The whoop 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 guy? Who was his name? Uh... He, he was that guy, Arsenio Hall. He's basically yes. Arsenio Hall level of comedic. And he, it also felt really awkward, his kind of dialogue with the contestants. Um, and yeah, he was, he was over the top and his jokes weren't funny. He, I mean, I kind of think he's what ruined the show. I think the show could have been good mm. without him, possibly, but it's hard to tell. Mm. What do you think about that?
2: I don't know. Uh, how many episodes did you see? Because I did not care to m- see more than one.
1: Oh, I saw two. I, I always got, you got to see two because you know at the end of the year, if you don't see two, it, it doesn't count to the, or you got to see two episodes oh, yeah. at least for it to count on the, uh, or our end of the year, worst show of the year. Uh that's why I, if I know it's going to be really bad I definitely at least watch two of them. This one I definitely had a hard time getting through two, but the premise of the show, which we haven't mentioned yet, is it's a game show where the contestants have to be awake for 24 hours before they Counting enter the contest. Points. Well, that was the first episode. Counting they did points. something different in the second episode, but um Really? Everything's okay. different in the second episode, yes. Uh making the game harder because the game is basically kind of these menial tasks that they choose specifically because doctors have told them that these areas of the brain are affected uh, from sleep deprivation. So certain tasks are harder when you're sleep-deprived. They pick those tasks for these people to um, to go with. And the one part that I thought really ruined the show was the buyout idea of this. Yep, I thought yep, that yep.
2: didn't need to be in the show. Yeah. Um, and the ending was so sad in episode two, one as well. I, I got really depressed because, okay, spoilers for Awake episode 1. He, the, the one that's on there, he's very sympathetic. He has a kid he's playing for, and he wants to give, give his kids uh, the money that uh, he feels he deserves, and he loses all the fucking money.
1: I bet you a lot of people turned it off after the first episode because of that. Because it felt like, oh, I'm going to get a feel-good moment here in the first episode to hook me, to keep me watching the show, and then they're, like, punching the gut, basically. It
2: was so sad. I felt so bad for him. Like, literally very, very bad for him.
1: I gave this show overall, at least the two episodes I saw, I gave it a 2.5. I gave it a 2,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, what else did you watch? Alright, it's my turn. Uh, Big Brother U.S. Uh, return. Uh, new season. Mm-hmm. I believe it's season 21. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, that's
2: correct. Uh,
1: it, this was only the first half of the f- uh, of the opening because it's going to be a two-day opening uh, or introduction of the characters, so we only have half of the characters, I believe, right now. Is that correct, Fro? Or? Yes. That's correct. Um, There so far is this guy that looks basically exactly like Aquaman, except I Mm -hmm. think he's a giant nerd, possibly, it's looking like. Uh, We have Cody, the racist guy 2.0 in the show. Oh my god, yes. Uh, A lot of very attractive ladies uh, so far. Mm Mm-hmm. And an old cowboy dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so out of place. It's insane. Yeah, I hope he wins. <laughs> he is kind of entertaining. I mean, he's got jokes and everything. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this episode felt very strange because, like, we 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 spoke a little about this on Sunday when when people weren't listening. Um, but um, uh, I think I think it felt a little strange because. Uh, because they are trying to do the UK model. And they never have done that
1: before. I mean, they're doing it to a degree. They're not doing the outdoor venue right. and all that. But they are doing the introduction bit, and then like... But they're not letting them in one at a time. They're doing the normal US half and half, but um, right. they're doing it over two days, which is very UK, which is not usually how they do it in the US.
2: Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, no, I'm I'm satisfied with episode one. I thought it was a good episode.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how to score this just because it's Big Brother and I like Big Brother, so I'll it's give it an fair. an yeah. eight eight. Um, yeah, for an episode I, I, as far I'm as so characters cool. go, I thought uh, there was a few interesting characters that could um, keep my attention. I like the the wacky nerdy girl. She's very entertaining. The, the cowboy go- guy, like I said, is very entertaining. Um, mm. Other than that, most of the people on it so far kind of seem like they're going to be entertaining because they're horrible people. But we'll see,
2: I guess. Yeah, especially the racist
1: fuck. Well, we don't know if he's racist allegedly yet, but he's very Cody, well. Cody-esque, right? And Cody, we knew, was very racist. Yeah. And he, he's he got that cowboy whatever mentality, and it. It, it's very similar.
2: I watched Celebrity Gogglebox oops, this week. Okay. Uh, UK, uh, you would know absolutely nobody. Jessie J, maybe <laughs> the singer. I'd have to look it up to even. Yeah, she's she's on it. She's all about the money, money, all about bling, bling. Yeah, that girl. <sighs> yeah. Um. <sighs>
1: I don't know who this is. I yeah, looked it I... up, and I still don't know who it is, so there you go.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, that was the only one I thought maybe you would know wh- who was. It's a British show where celebrities watch television. It's so weird, Gogglebox. It's such a weird premise. I, bet I, w- I watched two episodes, and I'm out. I'm not going to bother. I am not a huge fan of the original Gogglebox. <laughs> I, I must admit that I just downloaded it to see who was the celebrities. And when I found out who the celebrities were, I wasn't interested at in all. I will give it a three, I guess. People watching TV is never interesting.
1: All right. And then we both saw Holy Moly, Season 1, Episode 1.
2: Yes. Uh, so happy. I thought that it was fucking amazing.
1: This is a show about uh, giant-sized miniature golf. Uh, well, not the golf mm-hmm. clubs and the and the ball, but everything else as far as the course goes has been giant-sized and turned into uh, some kind of Japanese game show where you have to run across something but get hit by giant <laughs> boulders or something like that. Each course has some kind of... Uh, one of them, you have to run up a slippery slide to get to the T. One of them, the windmills will knock you off the course. And if you get knocked off the course, it's minus one stroke on your score. Mm-hmm. The one problem... Oh, why don't you go in what you thought of this show before I go into my problems.
2: Um, uh, they had Stephen Curry as uh, one of the executive producers of this. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, Stephen Curry, I don't fucking care. But they used him perfectly during the show. <laughs> they start with him in a in a very, like, PSA thing in the beginning. <laughs> like, hello, my name is Stephen Curry. You're going to watch me now and in the middle of the show. And at the end, I will come in. Otherwise, you're not going to see me. And it was very, like, it was very dead dead-handed delivery, so it made it funny that he's not involved as much as he is, but then the way they bring him in with a helicopter is so funny because, like, one of the uh, commentators goes, yeah, and we used our whole uh, budget on this helicopter here with So uh I loved it from start to finish. I I I have heard uh, Luke's complain about it, and I totally agree. But for me, this first episode was a fucking nine, Luke. I fucking loved it. I have never had that much fun with a reality show before. Uh,
1: okay, my first problem with this is uh, the contestants themselves. Some of the contestants what? are just normal. One lady's like a a school teacher. Right, and another one's like a librarian or like a like a legal mm. clerk, and then the other contestants are professional mini golf, golf, golf players. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Uh, or another one is a, like a golf pro. Yeah, but the the one guy, the punk kid, and the mm-hmm. um, the guy who ended up winning. Uh, I'm not going to ruin that, but uh, they were both professional mini golf players, specifically right. not regular golf. Um, the one guy called himself the bad boy of mini golf, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The mixing of regular people with professionals—that's not really a very great, uh, not a great way to set it as a fair contest. Uh, I, the jokes in this are the best part. All the comedy bits. Oh. Uh, the lady getting knocked off the thing twice in a row was hilarious. I, I laughed <laughs> my ass off at that. Um, yep. The biggest problem I had with is the gameplay. Everything's amazing except for the way they edited together the gameplay cuz they didn't show you a single hole of this game from the tee off to the to when they make the to, to when they finish. It's all cut back and forth between I think it's 10 players, one on one, so five different groups and you're trying to follow around all these mm. five different groups, but you never get to see one set of people finish an entire hole because the whole time they're bouncing back and forth to all these different people, so it was really hard to keep. Uh, it was really hard to keep uh, a notion as to who's leading, who's not leading, who's going to get to the end, who's the build up for it was not there for me. So once it got to the final hole, it was like, here's the people at the final hole, and it's like. How did they get mm. there? Why did they get there? Did they make any mistakes and then have to overcome the obstacle? You know that they, they right. if they do show you this that stuff, they show it to you out of context. To me, that really hindered the show, um, but it's still hilarious. So I'll give this show a six point five.
2: Yeah, I I just bought it. I just bought it, and I had so much fun with it. Uh. Things that you don't will care about. Uh, I saw a true crime series called "Village of the Damned." It was very, very, very good. Uh, uh, the first, uh, it's about this village where things has happened through the years, uh, and the first case is a terrible case where uh, someone kidnaps and kills uh, a child, and someone takes the blame, and it. Ch- suddenly looks like it wasn't them and things like that. And things has happened in this village over time. And every episode is like a new case from the same village. And they look into like, is there a more overarching problem with the village or what is this?
1: So this is so very
2: interesting. This isn't based off the John
1: what? Carpenter film,
2: right? No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. But uh, yeah, I recommend it. I gave the first episode a seven point five. Did you ever see Village of the Damned, the John Carpenter film? Of course, I watched. Little shop down.
1: I'm just making sure so that you know that it's not not okay. You're right. Okay. Uh,
2: No, that's all I saw for TV. I I love horror movies, so yeah. Uh, yeah, the last thing I watched uh, this week uh, was called Dark Season Two. Uh, it's German uh, television show. Uh, you can also watch it in in dubbed if you want to on Netflix, so you don't have to watch 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 it with German uh, people talking. But I recommend it in German, but that's my personal taste. Uh, it's a very dark and if I tell you the plot, I think probably uh, Netflix would just send an assassin after me and kill me. Because if I tell you anything about season two, I will fucking destroy it, to be honest. Because it's where... It, uh, I will say this. It leaves up where season one ended and it goes on. <laughs> uh, I don't remember you talking but, about this uh, show last
1: year. So did you watch the first two seasons th- just now, or
2: no? I okay. watched Dark Season One last year. Yeah, yeah. I just don't remember it. Uh, but right, but I, I I think this season is actually better. Uh, and I also read that I have a four season story arc, uh, and I'm very happy to see that. Uh, uh, they have m- made a commitment to end it when it's, where where it's going and things like that. And I think you will love it. Uh, there's a lot of time travel in this. Not to destroy anything, but yeah. Dark. Season 2.
1: All right, let's move on to our main oh. topic.
2: Yeah. Uh, or as I call it, thanks for stealing our, our D, Joe Rogan. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, he had to have scheduled this
1: at some point, but there's a very strange amount of coincidences happening with the fact that we decided this was going to be a main topic this week, which we make, we schedule our main topics and everything else probably two and a half months in advance, uh, depending on how far, mm-hmm. I, far I decide to schedule in advance. Uh, so this, this has been on our books to do Bob Lazar as a main topic for at least two months. Probably a little more than that. Um, And then this week, Joe Rogan comes out with a podcast interviewing one Bob Lazar. Like, the day after we did our podcast last week. It came out on a Thursday. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, Netflix on Friday uh, releases the 2018 documentary uh, about Bob Lazar... Um, area, what Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. Uh, right. That came out on Friday, which it was a 2018 documentary, but they put it on Netflix on Friday. And then I go over to my parents' house on Saturday, and I walk in, and my dad is watching Discovery Channel, and they're doing a show about Bob Lazar, bro. Mm-hmm. Not even joking. Three times this I'm, week.
2: I believe you. I believe you. That's why why I say you don't have to steal our IDs. You, you can talk to us. We, we promise you we won't bite you, Joe Rogan. I, we love that you listen to the podcast, but please don't go on our Google Docs and, and steal our IDs. Well, I don't think it's just Joe Rogan is the thing. I
1: think it's something in the ether right now, with UFOs <laughs> and aliens, because we also have all these news stories, the two news stories we covered in the news, that all happened all right. this week, and then the, we talked about the same news stories related, the two weeks coming up to that, so I think there's something in the, in the, the consciousness of the time period right now, uh, that people are really interested in UFOs, and specifically Bob Lazar, because he's probably one of the most interesting stories about UFOs there is, so let's get into that, that. Yeah, so who is Bob Lazar, Luke? Robert Scott Lazar is an American conspiracy theorist who claimed to have worked on reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology at a site called S4 near Area 51 uh, operating location. Lazar said the UFOs used gravity wave propulsion and are powered by the then unsynthesized unsynth- Element 15, which so far, which actually since then has been. Synthesized. Mm. Mm. He claims to have read U.S. government briefings, documents, and described alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. Uh, Lazar's claims resulted in bringing the Secret Area 51 site to the attention of the public.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know where to begin here because... Uh... I mean, we yeah. don't really have
1: to go through all this, because, I mean, we just listened to this whole podcast, I watched that whole movie again, I've done tons of research, yeah. so I think we can just kind of go into it, and then just use this as a background, because I I can just do it yeah. off my
2: head, I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I, I just uh, finished watching the documentary again today, uh, just to brush up Andrew Joe Rogan podcast I have listened to, uh, twice. So, I mean, I feel, I feel more informed about this than, uh, just, a fucking, uh, Wikipedia page, to be honest. Okay, so,
1: um, I'll go into, like, his background a little bit. He was, a uh, took electronic courses at Pierce Junior College in Los Angeles. He, uh... It says he claims to have earned a master's degree from MIT and a master's degree from California or Caltech. However, there's no record of Mm -hmm. Lazar attending MIT or Caltech. Furthermore, he was a member of a professional body. Lazar speculated that his academic records were erased in an effort by authorities to discredit him. So this was talked a lot about on the Rogan podcast.
2: Yeah, and I I think... think one of my biggest impressions of this guy, and I'm going to say this right away now. He either believes this and is a l- fucking lunatic, or he's one of the greatest actors we have ever had in our time.
1: I kind of got the, the feeling two. he was acting, and I'll tell you why, in the, po- in the Rogan podcast uh yeah the one the thing migraine, migraine. you were thinking migraine. the same exact thing yeah. i was thinking the yeah. migraine yeah. very yeah. convenient little excuse to use that he could be like oh i don't really remember because i got this migraine right now i just happened mm-hmm. to have gotten this migraine right when i was supposed to explain that very intricate detail that I, that you wanted to know about now all of a sudden i've forgotten because of my headache like it's very very kind of convenient yeah. uh But, I mean, as far as his claims go, he claimed that he was recruited uh, to work at Area 51 because he was uh, working at the uh, Caltech. And as far as I know, according to the documentary and from the Rogan podcast, they have reached out to people who worked with him at Caltech. Like, there are pictures of him working there. There are newspaper clippings from... The Caltech newspaper with him on the cover. (laughs) So uh, the whole idea of the authorities trying to discredit it and discredit him and basically erasing his past, I kind of do believe Mm. that. I don't know. What do you think?
2: I don't know. I mean... This story is so filled with so much different things and I i i really i really have struggled through the week of what to believe of what he says and and the information he has given and i mean uh, the whole like uh discredit his uh things uh let's say let's say he 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 worked there uh m- maybe he worked on something else that was classified. And and that wasn't uh, a, a part of it. I I I'm beginning to think, and this is my now. I'm going to put my tin hat on uh, for a little second. I think they worked on something else. I think that he is uh, one of the people that is sent out in the world to spread misinformation, because I think. I I really do think that the whole alien thing uh, with Area 51 is a fucking cover, f- cover for something much, much, much worse, and probably much, much, much deeper, and much, much more secret. And saying aliens is very easy, because then you can kind of, like, dilute it into conspiracy theories. So... Did they feed him and are using him as a scapegoat or something like that? I think that's very, very probable. But there's things about his story that is fucking uh, very uh, strange. And I, like I said, I found his uh, All right, well, testimony. We should probably in go into his Rogan story first podcast, because you're, yeah. you're skipping.
1: That so you're getting to the end again instead of because we you're saying uh, you don't believe his story but we haven't told his story yet so that's a little bit confusing for the listeners. Um, right. Okay, but as far as that goes, uh, we'll get to it in a minute. But just think about it while we're talking. While I'm talking about this other thing, Fro. It what you were saying is kind of two different things. You were saying he was either directed to to be a misinformation agent or are you suggesting that he was misinformed and is a misinformation agent and doesn't know it
2: I'm I'm saying that are are the two biggest possibilities Okay I'm 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 not saying that one is more likely than the other but I think that's 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 the uh, the strongest uh, case I I've come if I if you would ask me for any conclusion for anything, that would be my conclusion. That is either one of those two things. All right. Uh, in
1: 1989, he appeared in an interview with reporter George Knapp, um, who is an American television investigative journalist who was out of Las Vegas at the time. KLSA. Uh, he discussed his employment at S4 and a subsidiary facility he claimed existed near the Area 51. The facility was adjacent to Groom Lake, like we said. The site consisted of concealed aircraft built uh, in hangars built into the mountainside. He said his job was to reverse engineer one of nine flying saucers that the United States government had. Uh, mm-hmm. Lazar claims the propulsion... St- he was uh, involved in propulsion studies. So in, uh, in the interview with uh, Rogan, he pointed out, like, I was, I was kind of... It was all sectioned into different categories of studying these different craft, and he was only briefed on propulsion. He never heard anything right. about what kind of metal it was made out of, metallurgy, uh, control systems, computer systems, any of that stuff he was not informed on. So... Um, it was very compartmentalized which is something we've talked about with conspiracies in the past is like when people say oh how would, would this not have gotten out sooner they don't understand how compartmentalized some of these things could be I guess um, he claimed uh, this propulsion was uh, he, that he was studying a vehicle fueled by the atomic element 115 which he talked about in 1989, this Element 115, and it was only synthesized in 2003. So that is a little bit of proof on his side uh, that he knew of this Element uh, 115 bef- like 20 years before it happened.
2: Yeah, and that's what I meant about uh, giving him pieces. Uh, maybe they, they fed him things... Uh, that is true. Uh, so it will look like he has something to come with. Like In addition, conspiracy.
1: Lazar claims that during his onboard program, he read briefing documents describing historical involvement with the Earth and aliens for the past 10,000 years. Uh, specifically, gray aliens. These aliens are from the planet orbiting a twin binary star called Zeta Reticuli. Uh, Lazar claims Garnered media attention and controversy as well as supporters, the scientific community, however, is skeptical. Uh, what is undisputed is that Levo- Lazar first brought the secret test uh, site Area Fifty One to the attention of the general public.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, you want to go I, to Area I... Fifty One real quick, Fro? <laughs> Sure. I know you. You, re- Fro, really some... wants to get to the end here. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell just by how you're you're discussing no. this. You really no, want to no, be at no, the end.
2: No. I, I. But I want. I want to talk to you about something that uh, I looked into uh, when I looked into this Area Fifty One thing. Have you heard about the Ros- Roswell the autopsy tapes? Of course.
1: Right. They've been proven fake a long time ago, though.
2: Right. Right. And I, I, I was thinking about that when I read about this. But, okay, Area 51. Uh, United States Air Force Facility, commonly known as Area 51, is a highly classified remote dispatchment of Edwards Air Force for, uh, Base with a Nevada testing and training range. According to the CIA, the correct names for the facilities are Homie Airport and Groom Lake through the name of Area 51 has been used uh, in CIA documents from the Vietnam uh, War. The facility has also been referred to as Dreamland and Paradise Ranch, among nicknames. USf- uh, USAF Public uh, Relations has referred to it a uh, facility as an operating location near Groom Dry Lake. The specialty use uh, airspace uh, around the field is referred to restricted area 4808 north.
1: Okay, so I'm just going to go all the way down uh, to the UFO stuff about this. It, it's, its secretive nature and undoubted connection to classified aircraft, uh, together with reports of unusual phenomenon, have led to Area 51 becoming the modern focus of UFOs and conspiracy theorists. Uh, some activities mentioned in such theories include the storage e- examination and reverse engineering of alien spacecraft, like we mentioned, meeting and joint mm-hmm. undertakings with uh, extraterrestrials, development of uh, energy weapons for a strategic defense initiative, development of weather control, which we've talked about in the past, development of time travel and teleportation, which we talked about last week, development of unusual and exotic propulsion systems, activities related to supposed shadowy one-world governments, uh, and the Majestic 12 organization, which we also talked about recently, I believe.
2: Yeah, and uh, you also forgot about the Aurora program.
1: Well that's that the uh, propulsion was,
2: uh... propulsion systems
1: uh yeah oh oh yeah uh Sorry. yeah so that's kind of the conspiracy I mean everybody knows a little bit about the conspiracy theory behind Area 51 but Bob Lazar mm-hmm. claims to have worked there and so, one of the things he claimed it was that he saw he described it as an orb inside of a metal casing that uh, was used for anti-gravity propulsion uh, mm-hmm. he, he said that somebody tried to cut into one of these at some point uh, the person who and was died. doing doing the research before him he had yeah. not only said that he, they died he in the inter- what was it he was either in the interview with the, with him or, or the it was, documentary
2: Joe Rogan yeah
1: well no oh, uh, he said it in both but in one of them he said um, that the guy died and that um, the same day, they released something about a unannounced nuclear test in the area, and that that unannounced nuclear test wasn't really a nuclear test. It was this guy uh, cutting into this orb, and that it caused a, such a massive explosion, killing this these people. Uh, they wrote it off as an unscheduled nuclear test. If that makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, I mean. He's got a lot of crazy theories as to this. He talks about watching the the UFO fly around at one point, like being taken out to Groom like seeing the actual UFO fly around. He never, according to him, saw an actual alien uh, species. Is that where you were to understand? Right. But a lot of people don't believe him, obviously. Uh, for many reasons. So let's get into kind of the opposite, uh, the skeptics idea of this. So do you want to go into that, Fro?
2: Yeah. Um, uh, should we do the legal troubles first? Sure. Uh, in 1990, uh, Lazar pled guilty to felony pandering. Uh, if you know, don't know what pandering is because I fucking didn't know before this week, to be honest, Uh, uh, it is uh, uh, prostitution, more or less.
1: Well, it's paying for prostitution.
2: So if you get in trouble
1: for prostitution, you're a prostitute. If you get in trouble for pandering, you're a John to the prostitute, right? In
2: 2007, United Nuclear Science Supplies, LCC, was fined 7,500 and recovered three years Probation for violating well, federal law, which prohibits the sale, used to make illegal fireworks. So on his website, uh, you can actually uh, buy uh, things uh, uh, as magnesium and things like that, as I understood.
1: Okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, as long as it's not a banned substance. No, no. Right. I mean, they covered this uh, raid in the documentary, uh, the raid on this. Uh, and he made a lot of good points in, in this that they never. They, they charged him with something that wasn't the initial reason they went in to investigate in the first place. So he felt like they were just there to screw with him. Um. It says here, uh, On one hand, Bob Lazar is a pathological liar with a long laundry list of uh, fantasies about working at Area 51. On the other hand, he runs one of the few chemical supply houses still supplying as many unrestricted chemicals as possible to amateur chemists. Make of them what you will, but uh, you need if you need 50 feet of magnesium ribbon or a neodymium magnet the size of a brick... Or a jar of heavy water, he's your best source. (laughs) Right. So, if you've seen these neodymium magnet videos on uh, YouTube, there's a good chance they got
2: them from him. So, uh, what is uh, the proof of his claims?
1: Well, these are some of his claims. We covered most of them, uh, but that he worked at Area 51. He worked with the U.S. military program to back engineer alien technology. Uh Browsed inside UFO powered by Element 115, parked in a hangar. Uh, saw secret reports given to... Oh, documenting gray aliens' involvement with mankind over 10,000 years, like we said. And then the aliens are from Zeta Reticules, of course. Uh... Let's see, so uh, this is the big one, the element 151, because this is the one that you can't really deny that he knew about this beforehand, uh, before it ever mm-hmm. was really found. So uh, long before it was created and assigned number 115 to the periodic table elements, he cl- uh, Lazar claimed it was capable of powering anti-gravity engines. Some people feel this vindicates Lazar. However, Bob Lazar, to be right, virtually all of modern atomic physics would need to be wrong. Uh, Claim of a stable isotope element 115 is unlikely according to our knowledge of nuclear physics, in particular, uh, predicted island of stability and known magic numbers. Magic numbers as we know them are always even numbers, therefore it is unlikely to have a stable element, or stable heavy element with an odd number of protons. Which I think that has already been proven wrong, because they have made a stable version of element 115. Right. And this is these are the, this is the stuff from the people who are against him. That's the stu- thing. I went to try to debunk this, and most of the stuff that's debunking it has already been debunked. Which is like that's right. a little interesting.
2: No, I I I, I element hundred and fifteen is a part of this. I have a very 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 hard time to explain, because. Uh, like I said, could could he have been given this information and spin it around uh, in his lies? Like, is Element Fifteen such a big deal that we have to believe everything else that he says?
1: Well, let's get into our final thoughts right now. Um, I think you're your initial thought at the beginning of this was kind of correct in that he could have been given all this information at Area 51 specifically for him to use as dif- disinformation in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it—I think it's more likely that he, it, it was all, he saw it as real because he was brought there to see it as real. Where right. they, it was basically like a giant movie set in real life where he went there and they made him see all this stuff told him about 115, put all this stuff in his head, and then we're like, all right, now release him. Because what happened is they just, according to them, his wife cheated on him so he could no longer go work there anymore, right? (laughs) So they Mm -hmm. kick him out, and then he goes and tells a reporter. Maybe that was their plan all along, was to show him all this stuff. None of it was real. It was all a bunch of fake, you know, cutouts, basically. Stuff that maybe is maybe the government's working on or something like that and and they showed it to him but it didn't actually have anything to do with aliens but they told him it did and then he goes out and he says all this stuff even though, because he believes it's real because he saw it in real life Um, Mm -hmm. and then he would 100% believe it uh, but that doesn't explain the migraine. Because the only way the migraine would make sense as far as him using that as a distraction device is if he knew
2: that it was all fake. Yeah. And that's that's my main problem. Is that fucking migraine. If he didn't have that migraine and also I have never seen a director being so uh, Oh, I, I, I almost want to use the word horny, but uh, overprotective and so buying his own uh, product in my entire life as I, I saw, because they had the director of the movie in there as well. And, and, and it's very clear that he has pushed this Bob Lazar. to do this. And it's very clear that he has an agenda uh, around it. But it's very unclear for me what that agenda is.
1: Oh, it's so clear to me. His his documentary just came out on Netflix, bro. (laughs) You think the timing was coincidental that the day after this interview happened, the guy's documentary comes out on Netflix for everybody to see? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what this is all about for that guy. I mean... He the only thing he really brought up as something that he real like was real proof that made him really believe was that element 115. That's the thing that like is at the yeah. very center of this whole thing. And the only thing that really can not explain it is your whole idea that they told him about element 115. It was real. They knew about it in in the late 80s, early 90s and they didn't tell anybody about it until 2003. Um The other idea here, something that could be related to why he would lie about this or why the government would lie to him so that he would lie to other people as a disinformation agent is something we've covered in the past, something called Project Bluebeam, Fro. Yeah. The conspiracy theory that NASA is attempting to implement a New Age religion with the Antichrist at the head of the New World Order. That could, if maybe he's an agent of Project Bluebeam. That's another crazy conspiracy theory
2: explanation for this. Hmm. You know, it's it for me. For me, the Joe Rogan podcast uh, did more harm for him than good. Would you agree to that?
1: I thought it was a little in the middle for me, to be honest. Um. Okay. I thought he did a good job of it explaining himself or what his story is. But and I and then but then you have to read into everything else like a, the the migraine and the body language and all that. And that none yeah. of that is real evidence. It's all circumstantial. So I can't I can't right. go against him for that. So I would say it helped him in the sense that it let people know what his story is, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I, I just, yeah, like I said, I, I really, I really like feel split in this because I feel like he, he, he has done so much, uh, against himself almost, and uh, it feels very like he, he should have uh, kind of given up when, 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 when it was like time, time to give, give up. Do you understand what I mean? I, I don't see that at all because
1: I think it was really good put in the podcast him saying, I don't have anything to gain from this. I'm, I'm not writing a book. I'm not doing speaking tours. He's not trying to make money off of this idea. The director is, but I don't think he is. And I don't think he would have gone and done the, the Rogan podcast without the, that guy being there to push him to do it. Um, so that's another thing benefiting his story is that a lot of times when we talk about these conspiracy theories, especially when it comes to aliens or these cults, there's always a money... Issue behind it, you know what I mean. There's always a mo- motivating mm. money thing, and in this, I don't see him being motivated by money to tell this story.
2: Not maybe money, but I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that he wants, uh, he wants to uh, be believed on the cost of every fucking thing. I don't... What do you mean? Like you even I mean that uh, his credibility is more worth uh, for him than the money, I think. But then we we go back to, was he fooled to believing uh, what he believes? Or is he a part of it? Right, and that... And I... It could be either. I really don't have an answer. Yeah, Yeah. there's, there's no way
1: for us to answer that question that I don't think there ever will be. And yeah, and if it was one of those two was this idea of Project Bluebeam involved in it, and, yeah, I don't know. There, You can get deeper and deeper into it if you want to, but I think that's our coverage of Bob Lazar. Overall, crazy scale? Uh, Eight. Uh, I'll give it a 7.5.
2: So, Luke, let's go right into the movies you watched this week.
1: Alright, I didn't see that much this week. I, of course I watched The Bob Lazar, Area Fifty One and Flying Saucers documentary on Netflix. Still a pretty mm-hmm. fun documentary. Um mm-hmm. I would recommend watching that and the Rogan podcast kind of combining the two. I, I wish there was a better kind of skeptical documentary about the situation that I could kind of, that yeah. I could recommend to people, but I haven't seen one. So if anybody's seen one that you can recommend to us, another digital citizen at gmail.com. Definitely.
2: Uh, I saw Shazam. Oh really? Okay. Yes, uh, because that has come on uh, uh, BitTorrent. <laughs> I was like, "What do you? What do I call it?" Uh, yes, uh, I saw Shazam with a, a explanation mark. Do um, You know what? Uh, this is uh, one of those movies where. I went into it thinking I I wouldn't especially like it because it's DC and I really don't... I'm more of a Marvel guy. I'm going to admit that. So I was like, okay. Okay. Another dark, sad DC movie. And they did the Deadpool. Cool spin on it, It feels like even almost. Well, we, we made saw it,
1: like we we did it in another digital review. I pre- it was definitely a comedy when we watched the trailer. Right. Yeah.
2: And it, it is funny. Like I I I I, I thought it, it it's like uh, the villain was very good. I think the story about friendship and family was very good. I, I thought the acting was uh, uh, over what I was expecting. Uh, I give this movie seven and a half. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, the only thing I saw other than that was a stand-up special by Adam Devine on Netflix called uh, Best Time of Our Lives. Uh, Adam Devine, okay. uh, you, he's from... Workaholics, which I'm pretty sure Fro has never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitch Perfect, of course. Pitch <laughs> Perfect <have>. 2.
2: <laughs> I have seen Workaholics.
1: Oh, I could have sworn you told me you never saw it, but okay. Um, he was from Game Over Man on Netflix, if you ever saw that. No. Uh, stand-up is... It's very um, old-school feeling. It feels like a stand-up comedian mm. from like the late 90s or something. It doesn't feel like, um, like a modern 2019 uh, up bit as far as like the pacing. Um, but I kind of like that about it because it feels like at least from some of the standups recently that I've seen, it feels like they're all kind of stealing from Dave Chappelle. If that makes sense. Mm. Like their timing mm. and their pacing of their, of how they tell the jokes. And this felt kind of original as far as his pacing and his, uh, some of the jokes were not all that funny. Uh, a little childish maybe and things like that. But some of them were pretty good overall. I'd give this stand up a six, uh, seven. I'll give it a seven, 6.57, somewhere in there. <laughs>
2: 6.57. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I watched bright burn this week. Look, um, I went into this having uh, pretty high expectations. Uh, The start is very generic. Uh, I think people that wanted a horror movie will be somewhat disappointed. I have read the bad reviews of this, so I went into this thinking it would probably be either or. But I found it to be uh, quite good, to be honest. Uh, I, I bought it. As they call it in 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 movie t- terms, I bought uh, I bought uh, the premise of the movie. There are some things that I could say. Oh, this was very bad, and this is very Superman, and this is very like they're trying to establish a very anti-Superman and things. Blah blah blah. Okay, uh, but but uh, I think. The ending is one of the things that surprised me the most. I will not spoil the ending, but fucking hell. I thought that movie was much, 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 much better than a lot of other people will have it too. And I know I've said this score before this week, but I give it 7.5.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you don't. Sometimes things are the same. You know what I mean. We only have a twenty-point right. scale. You're going to repeat numbers. <laughs> <laughs> or a ten-point
2: scale, you mean?
1: Well, technically, since we do half halves, fro, we technically right. have a twenty-point scale. But yes. Um, well, technically. That was all the movies I saw this week. Pretty busy week for okay. me, actually.
2: I saw one other movie, Luke, and I saved the worst for last. All right. I saw little this week Luke. do you remember that we did another digital review of this of the lady that's a boss bad boss lady that switches body with a little child what is it called you' little
1: no for some reason I'm totally blanking this so go ahead and tell me a little more about it and maybe it, I'll remember
2: yeah it's it's uh, uh, some afro-american women. And oh, and the little kid, to... right? Okay, I'm remembering yes. this now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Holy shit, balls! This was bad. <laughs> this is my new favorite, least favorite movie of the year. I don't think I have um, laughed so much for the wrong reasons in a long, 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 long time. This this movie is atrociously bad i give it one out of ten and i recommend you watch it look because it's so atrociously bad okay that you need to see it little 2019 okay yeah i remember
1: the trailer being (laughs) really bad so i'm not surprised yep all right well let's check out another trailer the trailer for the movie we're going to another digitally review this week. Anna.
2: Rated R. 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 Hey, we're,
1: Paris. We're in Paris. It's
2: quite the fairy tale you got going Isn't there oh, another it's Eiffel Soul Tower movie? somewhere?
1: Flight a second off, Eiffel now. Tower somewhere? Yes,
2: there is. Do you
1: know where it is? I don't remember. I just remember that there is one. Uh,
2: there's one in New York, is it? I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I'm going to check that. Yeah, you check it.
1: Like what? Okay, so she's like a James Bondy thing happening here. Female James Bond. But-
2: look, Bissau is very hit and miss.
1: What did she just stab that guy in the neck with?
2: <laughs> uh, it looked like a gun.
1: Yeah, how do you stab somebody with a handgun? <laughs> oh, I like him. I like that.
2: Yeah. I like her as well. This looks very lucid.
1: If they're going to make a joke at, this, at the end of this, when she's breaking all these plates, it's got to be an Oompa joke, right? Like a Greek oompa? Yeah. Yeah.
0: How did you do that?
2: Your next target, target is in Paris. Target. There will be no backup. Any questions?
1: Oh, is she a Russian yeah. agent? Hmm.
2: What do you want most in the world? How,
1: what? How did she know the window was open? <laughs> She's got Lucky. Oh, I like him, too. Oh, Luke uh, Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. What's your name? I've never seen this main character before as an actress, though.
2: Oh, I have. Really? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Sasha Luz, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love uh, Luke Bezos movies, uh, most of them. Uh, so, what is Anna 2019 version of? All about what is this Oscar nominated movie? All about, I was totally Fucking thrown out. off by that. I was like, What, yeah. she's not gonna say what, it. What?
1: What? What's going on here? What, what
0: the- is going on here? <laughs> Are we yeah. in an
1: alternate dimension? Yeah. Is the yeah. butterfly effect the UFOs, cut up with us? The UFOs took me. I guess so. Uh, beneath okay. a woman's striking beauty lies a secret that will unleash her innate or her indefinable strength and skill to become one of the most feared assassins on the planet. So this mm-hmm. assassin movie, uh, starring Luke Evans, uh, Cysil Murphy, Sasha Luss, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. Six out of oh, six point eight out of ten on IMDb, twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Those are very different. Forty percent on mm-hmm. Metacritic. Eighty six percent of people on Google like this film.
2: Uh, audience uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes is eighty percent, by the way. Okay. So the twenty five percent Rotten
1: Tomato score, but eighty uh, percent audience score. That's also very different. Mm. Mm. All right, I guess I'll go first this week. I went to the Facebook. Uh, Jack Lee says I haven't come across a genius spy movie like this one in a long time. Absolute masterpiece. Uh, let's go to David Parisi says. I'll see, I'll save you all some time reading comments. Number one. The, this movie's terrible. Number two, the story has been told dozens of times before. Number three, parallels between famous badass assassin movies and this piece of trash. Uh, number four, she must be 90 pounds soaking wet. How are we supposed to believe she can throw around a 325-pound Russian mobster? Uh, number five, I'm
2: only going to watch for Silly Face Murphy. Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, if she, if you ask me where where I knew this lady from, she's from Valerian and the City of the Thousand Planets. There there she played uh, Princess uh, Leia Mania. Or uh, otherwise, she's a fucking model. Okay, she does look like a model. Uh, Erica
1: Lapass La- La says, I'll give this three and a half stars because although it was a great action-packed movie, it was also a repeat of... Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence, and Atomic Bomb with Charlize Theron. All the same spy girl want to get out of it twist. Um, and Tanisha Lafay also agrees, this was better than Atomic Blonde. This movie has substance and a great plot twist and turns, and turn, oh, plot twists and turns, and I loved how it rewound and showed the tricks like a good magician. Uh, and also Helen Mirren was a nice surprise. There we go. Oh, two thumbs Ooh. up.
2: So, I went to the verified audience review, as I am from now on, just, I'm not going to even tell you that, because that is going to be what I do from now on, just because, so I know that people actually watch this movie. But, uh, let's start with Kyle that gave it 4.5 four stars out of 5. The movie starts slow, however, the story begins to pack it up within the 20 minutes, and the rest of the movie's gut-wrenching plot is twisting roller coaster. He liked it. Uh Upper Rebel 75 said 5 star. A great story with a plot twist. Acting was good and action sequences was, was good. Another gem from Luke Bissau. Uh Woody gave it one star and said, Same old, beautiful, skinny woman, impossible fighting scenes left before the movie was over. So, I don't know how much I trust people that... Li- Have you ever left the movie, Look, Before it was over?
1: Many times. Yeah. Many, many times. Really? I left uh, Star Wars episode, yeah. epi- er, episode 2. I left in in the middle of it. Yep. Most of the time oh, in in my younger years when I left, it was because uh, I wasn't paying attention to the movie, anyways, because I was with a girl, and so we just let you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So many times in my younger years, I've left before the movie was over. What is the last movie you went out of? Do you remember? Hmm. See, I don't watch that many movies in the theaters anymore. I probably watch like four, like four or five a year. So.
2: It's been a while. Right. I, I, I have left uh, the movie twice in my entire life. Uh, I can tell you the two movies it was. Uh, it was Dogma uh, by um, uh, Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a Christian at the time. A very right. devoted Christian. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, people were not happy about that movie uh, back then. No.
2: No. Uh, and when God started talking like uh, Alanis Morissette. No, it was Alanis said. Morissette, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then I just went out of the movie. Uh, thumbs, thumbs up, Jesus skin skin didn't
1: make you leave, but Alanis Morissette did. Okay. No.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just the thought of God being a, a fucking woman upset me. That's... Uh, at the time. That's hilarious at to me. At the time. Yes, at the time. Yes. Yes. At the time. Just, just <laughs> have to preface. I've seen the movie after, and I think it's very fucking hilarious. Uh, the other movie I went out of was Breaking the, the Waves by Lars von uh, Trier. And that was because I could... I have... I had to throw up because the movie was so disgusting. Ah, okay. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, I was sulking. I was like, I was sulking. It was so awful. Okay. Uh, Where were we? What are we doing
1: here? Oh, yeah, right. We, we're doing the other films. Is that where we're at? Yes. Or did we finish Anna already? Yes. I don't even remember. Yeah, no, we're done with Anna. Okay. Uh, other movies besides Anna coming out. Child's Play. Uh, after moving to a new city, young Andy Barclay receives a special present from his mother, a seemingly innocent buddy doll that becomes his best friend. Uh, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media for some reason. 82% uh, like this movie. Uh, directed by Lars Cliveburn. Oh, Clive Berg. There we go. Uh, starring Audrey Plaza, Mark Hamill, uh, Gabriel mm-hmm. Bateman. Anybody else? Oh, Tim Matheson. Anybody else? that really wouldn't really be no. Um.
2: Very, very, very. I think the uh, weirdest thing is Audrey Plaza. I am a very big fan of Audrey Plaza. I was like, really?
1: I assume she's going to be the mother. In, in, oh. That would be my guess. I would have to look it up, but that would be my guess. Andy's mother, yeah. Uh,
2: um, my best friend just passed uh, the dri- uh, the driving test. Fucking okay, hell, yeah, I'm oh, happy. Oh,
1: congratulations. Good, for her. Yeah, good well, for her. The first part of it is what you're talking about? No, uh, the driving driving. Oh, the driving driving. Good. Nice. Yes, 100%. It's always nerve-wracking, but... Yeah. I, yeah. I th- Sorry. So, yeah, why don't you
2: go to Toy Story, bro? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, w- I just had to s- s- send her some congratulations. Uh, uh, why can't I get the uh, Google link thing to work?
1: Oh, maybe it doesn't work. I'll, I'll find it. Okay, thank I you. I was just trying to make it work, too, and it wasn't working. I think I linked it wrong. That can happen. Oh. Hey, toy Story 4. It's Woody, Buzz, Lightyear, and the rest of the gang embark on a road trip with Bonnie uh, and their new toy named Forky. The adventurous journey turns into an unexpected reunion as Woody's slight detour leads them uh, to a long-lost friend, Bo Peep. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media, 92% of Google users like this film, directed by... Josh Cooley, starring all the people that are in your standard Toy Story cast, Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, Tony Hale, Annie Potts, Jordan Peele, Joan Cusack, uh, Keanu Reeves, who's like the biggest meme ever right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, Luke, the movie bet. Let's go directly into it. You have We have uh, cut out Toy Story.
1: Toy Story did not yes. count in our movie bet, so we're not even going to cover that. But why don't we go into that first, just to make sure that it did more money than your movie did? It yes, it did. It did one hundred and twenty-one million dollars in the first weekend. <laughs> I told you. It did. Yeah, we both said it. Uh, it oh, that's yeah. over double, I believe, of what Secret Life of Pets did. Yeah. Played? I mean, double check yeah, that. I think forty-six. So. I think yeah, forty-six million. That's yeah. over double. Of what uh, that did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Child's Play. Let's see how well that that did. 14 million opening weekend. Ooh, not very good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. And Anna, our main movie this week, only did 3 million. Yep. So not very good. Uh, both of those movies for my bracket. Uh, so you're still winning with Secret Life of Pets, biggest. In our bracket, of course, not as big as Toy Story 4, but we had to cut that, because it was so obvious this week. Right.
2: But I'm very scared for next week, because I'm very scared of yesterday.
1: I would be scared of yesterday, too. They've been hyping the crap out of this with commercial after commercial after commercial. I saw, like, it wasn't even just a trailer. It was a 30-second commercial with the two main characters, being like mm-hmm. describing the movie, kind of being like a almost YouTube esque, and it was on YouTube. It was like before
2: YouTube, uh, and video. Yeah, sorry. and I'm and I'm seeing it Monday or Tuesday.
1: I'm am not as interested in seeing it as you are, to be honest. Um, huh. I feel like it's gonna be a little more generic than people think, but I, yeah, it's gonna do well. Is it gonna do oh, as going well
2: as Secret Life of Pets? Well. We won't know until next week. So, I am I am getting more and more scared of yesterday. And I I I I think that's kind of funny because the lyrics to yesterday begins yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you see I I kind of turned fro onto this com- uh, YouTube comedian named Gus Johnson? Did you see the oh, yeah. latest video he put up? Yes. Called Every Beatles Album. It's very, yep. <laughs> very funny mm-hmm. little bit. I thought that was hilarious. Very, Everybody go check that channel weird. out and check that video out. It's very funny. He only does like two-minute videos, three-minute videos, something like that. This one is like 45 seconds, but they're always very funny. Mm.
0: Yeah, no,
2: it's very, very funny. Uh, let's talk a little about... Anything you watched on YouTube this week? Uh, not really. Uh, there, I, what about you? No, no drama and no tea. No, Just not really. Fine. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean this the big the big thing is tonight is going to be the debate, and then tomorrow's the the other uh. debate. I mean that's the big thing. I mean, what are I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully Bernie just uh taking the gloves off and really going after some people. Yeah. I don't think he did that uh, in the Hillary Clinton debates, so I I feel like if he's going to do it, he better do
2: it in this first debate. Right. Uh uh do you think uh it will be more interesting this debate where we actually don't know as much of people, uh, uh, than tomorrow. Oh, you mean,
1: (laughs) that was a very confusing sentence. What you're saying is, is today's one going to be more interesting than tomorrow's debate? Right. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, I'm more interested for tomorrow's debate uh, which I believe it's tomorrow's debate. Let me double check that. And you, uh which one are you more interested in in seeing?
2: I'm actually more inter- yeah, I'm I'm more un- interested in the undercard because I watched the Republican undercard and I found that more interesting than the main card. I remember finding the undercard more interesting because they kind of have less less to lose so they were even like harder on their points okay do you uh, understand my, uh, what i mean mean yeah uh, kind of
1: cuz yeah they have more to to try to um to try to gain, because they're in the, in, in the back, so they're going to try harder, so they're going to push uh, push the the line a little more than the people who are in front. That actually kind of makes sense. Uh, so that could be more interesting, I suppose. It says here 20 people qualified for the first debate, so apparently since last time I looked, a few more people have ended up qualifying. Uh, I'm trying to find... It says... Sanders, Warren, Harris, Buddha Gig, or Booty Judge are in the top tier. Right. I'm trying to find, like, the the exact breakdown here. Oh, for Wednesday Wednesday night's first debate, it's going to be Bill de Blasio, Tim Ryan, Julian Castro, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard, that should be really good, Jay Inslee, and John Delaney. So, actually... Kelsey Gabbard is gonna that's gonna be really interesting to see her take on all these other people all right for the second night we got uh, Marion Williams uh, John Hickenlooper Andrew Yang Pete booty judge Joe Biden Bernie Sanders Kamal Harris Kristen Gillibrand M- Michael Bennett Eric swallows Ooh. so that's gonna be our big the big side i could have sworn that everything on the news has said elizabeth warren is like way up in the polling and she, i don't know why she's not in like the the debate with all the all the other big names kind of strange no
2: uh, do i mind though i don't i don't really I don't, mind uh, that much but i just i think it's interesting Oh, no. yeah uh, uh... I, I'm I'm going to predict she's going to be the winner of, of tonight though okay that's yeah I think it's gonna be between
1: her and Tulsi uh, I think Tulsi oh, is gonna Tulsi get a lot of good, good yeah uh, good stuff in uh, like I think she's gonna get a lot of jabs that other people wouldn't be able to get in because she uh, because of like her background in the military and things like that um,
2: yeah that should be really interesting. But uh, um, Audible Trial.com slash another digital system. That's Audible uh, Trial.com slash another digital system. Next uh, week, uh, we will talk news of the week. Uh, we will do the loudest voice, episode one. I'm really looking forward to it. Lucas, a little mm hmm. Are you a little mm hmm?
1: I'm very indifferent. Like I, It's either going to be good or it's going to be uh bearable or bad i I, it, I i'm not looking forward to it as much as you are i guess is the point it's just a show to me right
2: uh we will do another digital review of a movie i don't think we have talked about called yesterday okay i don't yeah i don't think we talked about that maybe hmm. <laughs> but our main topic look is the family international what is the family international uh, a cult uh,
1: founded in Huntington Beach in 1968, originally called Teens for Christ, later called Children of God, mm-hmm. and then renamed the Family of Love, and then shortened to the Family, and then was called the Family International. Uh, it's been around <laughs> since the 60s and is still a current cult, so we're going to go ahead and cover that next week. Awful. Awful cult. cult.
2: I mean, I, I hey, haven't someone... really looked
1: into it yet, so we'll have to check it out.
2: Yeah. Uh, you sent me a link. What is this link all
1: about? Hey, did you see this? They found a new species of animal that they... It's been, it was like in oh. folklore. It was like a myth. uh, In certain... in Cors- uh, The I- French island of Corsica. Uh... Mm. It was like a myth that this thing existed. It was shepherd mythology is called the cat fox, and they started. They found some, and you, if you scroll down, you can see a picture of one that he's holding. Uh, there's like a close up, oh, and then scroll big. down, you'll see the actual thing. Yeah, it's big, and it's interesting looking. It's cute as hell. I think I'd like one, but I think they're very very uncommon. they they like? Mm. Yeah.
2: Uh, other news that we didn't cover, uh, Luke, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't Other know. than Sweden losing, losing to Italy. What? <laughs> I, other than Sweden losing to Italy. I'm the only one that cares about that. <laughs> oh, the
1: whole, uh, Olympics thing. Right, losing, right, okay. Which yes. we already talked about, so, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, there was Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Bodie McBoatface, the submarine, which we covered a long time ago, probably in the first, I don't know, 50 episodes or something like that, uh, it found some break, like cutting-edge uh, interesting information about climate change. Um, mm-hmm. So it actually made a very breaking discovery uh, with a very silly name. I thought that was funny.
2: Uh Supreme Court also allows uh, trademark for F word sound like clothing line and it's called fucked F U C E
1: Oh yeah, I heard about this uh, uh, in the past, as far as like the the fight for it. Yeah. I, I remember watching a video about it. Yeah. Uh
2: take day one in the Supreme Court. That's I think the good.
1: idea was that it was the The word was far enough away from a cuss word that it didn't count. I think was the ruling, right? Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Uh, what else? Anything else this week? Um, no, not really. They found the Chinese. They found the Chinese bowl. Uh, a Chinese what? A lot of money. A bowl, bowl, bowl. Oh, a bowl, it's, right? It's, yes. Uh, it was sold for. million. Uh, Catholic teacher got fired from Indiana School for being gay. Uh, Alright, I just sent you a video. Check that out. Okay.
1: They captured video of a giant squid. Oh! Which is is like super elusive. So let's see this. It says it's 75. Oh, 750 meters below the surface uh, in pitch-black dark water, so... ah, Give me a countdown. Fuck, oh, that looks scary. Oh, you're already watching it? No, no, okay. I'm looking the at the picture.
2: Yeah, the picture, yeah. I can't see a video.
1: Oh, scroll down. It's scroll right underneath in. where it says Midnight Zone 3280 feet below the surface.
2: Oh, uh, request this server has been blocked. In your country? Uh, Oh. Yeah, hold on. I will unblock it.
1: Um, Those Norwegians don't need to know about
2: squid. (laughs) No, it's the the ad block. Oh,
1: yeah, Uh, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, no, sorry. I, I, I can't get it unblocked, sorry. Oh well, we won't watch it. Oh well, it's a big squid. It's a big. (laughs) There's a
1: picture of it. You can see. It's giant. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I think that was everything. Yeah. Uh, From. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, Uh, from the United States. I think his name is Luke. (laughs) Are are you Luke? Uh, That's me. Okay. Uh, Then I'm fro. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Goodbye, citizen.